guys, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Catch-Ups with me, Tanya Wiley. And me, Amelia Beaumont. Coffee Catch-Ups is a Christian podcast all about life in your 20s. And we are not theologians or teachers, but we are just two people who love Jesus and are trying to live and navigate life for him. So, Amelia, um, what, what are we talking about today? We are talking about checking in with your vanity. So I think a helpful place to start is what is vanity? Um, what would you class as vanity? How would you define it, Amelia? Um, oh, that's a really good question. I think I would probably define it as kind of having an elevated sort of sense of self um, and sort of elevated concern for yourself in a way that is not necessarily appropriate. Um, like, you know, sort of caring excessively about how you look, maybe caring excessively about what you have, um, essentially kind of shifting the focus off other people and onto yourself mm-hmm. um, in a in a way that's a bit too much. A bit too much. It's a really good thing. It's just a bit too much. That's <laughs> too much talking about yourself. I'm sorry, it's a bit too much. Um yeah. Well so so I consulted the wonderful Google on what Google thinks the Oxford Dictionary, which is what Google uses, um, says having or showing an excessively high opinion of one's appearance, abilities or worth. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I love that because I, I think sometimes I just box vanity into the appearance thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think I, I do the same, actually. I always tend to think about appearance. Um, but yeah, it does. It definitely penetrates other areas of our lives as well. <laughs> like I... Like, I don't know about you I'm I'm so bad I'm one and I'm one of those people I don't think I don't think of myself as a vain person but like but then when I kind of check in with myself I'm like oh my gosh I really am so vain mm. like the amount of times that I've been like walking down the street and I'm like do you know what I look fantastic today and um <laughs> then you look at someone else and it's not it's not the it's not a bad thing to think that you look great but then you look yeah. at someone else and go, oh, they haven't made much of an effort, have they? Or like, gosh, I'm really glad I don't look like them. And it's like, it's not a thought that comes a lot, but when it does, and then you realise and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I think what you say is really important though, when you said um, it's not a bad thing to like say positive things over yourself. It's not a bad thing to think positive of yourself, particularly if you're hearing a lot of lies about yourself the other way what we want to try and work out today is when do we stray from having a positive mindset and being confident and what's the difference between confidence in your worth in your appearance in your um what was uh, uh what was the other one it was abilities abilities what's the difference between confidence and comfortability with that and vanity that is I, that is the question of the day <laughs> that's the question of the day and we're going to try to unpick that but it's a big question. It's a hard one. I, I think ultimately you do know, you know, in your soul. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, this is why we have a conscience, um, aka yeah. the Holy Spirit a lot of the time. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think actually like it's one of those, as you, as you kind of grow more in relationship with Jesus, like the more you, it's just, it's the way it is, the more you become like him and that's what we want. Um, and like, there is so much in the Bible that talks about, Jesus's humility um and and I think we kind of we often associate the word humility with being quite kind of like lowly um yeah or a pushover yeah Yeah. or a pushover but actually it's not about that like it doesn't mean 
that you're a pushover if you're humble mm. um there's a there's a brilliant quote and i i, I want to say it's from c.s lewis but don't quote me on that humanity isn't thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less ah interesting um, because i i don't know if you often see this um are people who we would say vain or are when when we're vain is it because we're being insecure like a little example for myself is when i'm feeling like i'm really unattractive i put more makeup on to compensate i i, I actually think vanity is so rooted in insecurity like mm. almost by definition because it it's sort of this having to build yourself up to feel better than other people in a, in a in a way like not yeah. necessarily in that kind of arrogant arrogant way um because i think there is a difference between arrogance and vanity but like yeah essentially it's like oh i really i need to even if you even if you don't realize like i need to be superior and really. and i think vanity is linked with so many other things like that it's like comparison pride priding oneself i think that's essentially what vanity is it's going well i'm I'm better than that. I can do it better. Absolutely. So I, I guess a good question for you, Amelia. If I think I might be vain, how do I start to identify those things in myself? Because I think sometimes it's really hard to shine the mirror back onto yourself and you almost need somebody to do it for you. I mean, again, firstly, like I was saying before, actually checking in, using the Holy Spirit as your conscience and checking in. I guess like, you know, when you when you hear people putting others down, mm-hmm. um, that's always quite a red flag yeah um in terms of identifying with in other people and in yourself as well I think because it's it's looking at so so often we look at other people's behaviors Mm. and we go oh I really don't like that um but rarely do we look at our own behaviors and go oh I really don't like that yeah um and so I guess I, I think the main thing is actually kind of taking a minute and getting to know yourself better if that makes sense. That's really good advice, actually. I think um, I, th- I think there are a few red flags. I think how much you talk about yourself, and this is so close to home for me, um, <laughs> is probably also a red flag um, within conversation with other people because also you want to know how they are. You're meeting up with a friend for coffee, and if you're talking about yourself the whole time but you haven't asked how someone else is, I think that's a, a dangerous area and it can happen so easily and you don't mean it. And of course you want to know how they're doing, but you just forgot because you started talking about you. As, that's one of my red flags. You've got any more red flags? Yeah, I think in terms of like the way that they treat people as well. And and I think just the way that people treat people who, I, I want to say traditionally have been kind of inferior to them. So like, because obviously I think, you know, there's a whole other debate, but I think Britain particularly you've got this rather entrenched class society that is not quite so obvious now as it used to be but it's still there yeah um and so kind of menial jobs like waiters like I don't know bin men whatever you want to come up with it's it's looking for the way that people treat people who aren't traditionally below them and if they're treating them badly that for me is like oh you think you're so superior get away from me please so that's a huge red flag for me yeah man is yeah, I'd say another red flag for me is um the inability to admit when you're wrong. Yes. Oh, yeah. And or say the word sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Or to even see it, to see that they've done something wrong. And I hate it when people use the um the I'm sorry if it made you feel like that. You know, there is a place for that sentence, but um to if you've done something wrong, to have the humility to go, I'm really sorry. Cause we all mess up. Um 
and and you might be right about something else alongside it because often these things don't come like one at a time you know when you're having an argument about multiple different things or a conflict about different things and you might be right in one area but wrong in several others whilst having this particular but but the ability because you know you're right about this one thing you inability to see that you might have made mistakes in other areas and that I think is is so not what God wants us to be doing we want to be forgiving um other people and saying sorry because people trespass against us and we just it just it is literally in the lord's prayer um i don't know if this is true so correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's something to watch the older you get because the older you get the more you think you know absolutely and you know what as you were saying that i was like oh my gosh she's calling me out definitely wasn't (laughs) that is that's literally me like i'm so bad at admitting when I'm wrong with especially when I've like spent time trying to put my point across yeah and then someone counters me and I'm like oh they're right and I hate that they're right and I don't want to say that <laughs> I'm like well agree to disagree <laughs> like, yeah that's literally me. but even if I know that I'm wrong I find it really hard to admit that not so much say sorry because I can say sorry like that's not so much of an issue but like mm-hmm. actually admitting that I was wrong because I will I will say things like oh, I'm really sorry that we I'm sorry that we argued mm. and I'm sorry that it made you feel like that which again like you say there are, there's a place for it yeah um but admitting that my opinion's wrong difficult I completely agree and I totally resonate I'm the same I hate being wrong um but it's such an important thing to practice even on the tiny things even on like oh uh, you started the podcast last time oh no no you didn't <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Even just small things like that. I know it doesn't matter, but it's, it's just it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> FYI, listeners, we had this discussion 15 minutes ago, <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> you were. It's true. It's hard though because, like, I I don't know whether this is just like my sort of personality type. Mm-hmm. Admitting that I'm wrong is it. It, it almost feels like I'm. Um, I I don't quite know how to put it like almost like it's like it's an attack on my personality and therefore my personality is being made to look inferior because I've been wrong yeah Um, can I ask you a question on that please do do you think it is because you hold quite a lot of worth in your intellectual ability yeah yeah. because I've I've never this is this is not me self-deprecating but I've never been able to I've I've never been able to rely on looks and therefore intellect is what's gotten me through a lot of the time it's like I might not feel pretty I might not look pretty to you but I know myself and I think also as a woman as well like you have to be able to prove your point quite a lot and for me and I know and for a few other people as well actually like sometimes that does turn into vanity like I I'm very proud of my achievements as I should be but like often it's it's really difficult to admit that I'm wrong Mm. or sometimes even learn something new if I'm if there's Mm. someone in the room who knows more than me about a topic that I think I should know Mm. I feel really like like my worth has been deprecated slightly because I didn't know as much as they did yeah it's really it's difficult and it's it's a more I think vanity provides more of a struggle than we think it does yeah it's a great question to check in and go 
hold on, how high am I placing my looks, my achievements, my abilities, my opinion of my worth, my self-worth, um, particularly in our um, very uh, self-love age of going, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, and you're, um, you're, you don't need to change anything. You're perfect just the way we are. We're not, we're actually sinful. Like you're not actually perfect the way you are. You're made perfect through Christ who died to save you from your sins. Then you are made perfect through that. You're not perfect as you are. You've got so much wrong with you. Um, and it's horrible to think that because our whole society is going, but love yourself. You can be whoever you want and whoever you are is perfect. That's not true. Oh, mate, preach, preach it. So I'm true. preaching to myself. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so vain. But it's so true like, it's so difficult like I and I, there's you know there's a lot to be said for self-love because it's been something that we've been generally terrible at over yeah. the last multiple centuries but actually it's it, there is a point where it goes way too extreme yeah um and we become more and more vain because of people telling us you are enough someone said that to me the other day and I was like no I'm not I'm only <laughs> enough through Jesus but you know, it's it's one of those things that's like actually, as obviously people's intentions are lovely when they say that, and it's a beautiful thing to try and say that to somebody to try and help them. But actually, we are not enough. We're not perfect. It's mm-hmm. only through Jesus that we're made perfect. He is yeah. enough. I'm not exactly. And um, in a way, it's quite relieving because I'm like, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I I don't have to accomplish being enough because I'm in my head and I know the thoughts I think are not very good all most of the time to be honest and I know that I'm not perfect in any way and so it's nice to not actually have the responsibility of being perfect oh yeah absolutely absolutely it's totally off our shoulders I want to say though on my other point we do also have a responsibility because it's true we're not perfect we're not enough without Jesus and Jesus is that is the is the fills that gap and that that leap to you know, being enough and being perfect is done through Jesus. But there is a danger within church and the history of Christianity, especially of allowing that to become judgment of other people. Um, so in a, in a kind of, in a way, I prefer the affirmation side and the encouragement side, as opposed to the, everyone's not perfect. Cause it is true. No, no one's perfect without Jesus. But and there does need to be that level of it, but you can't you can't become condemnation and it can't become judgment. And as Christians, we also have to remember where we came from. Um, and we also have to remember that we're also vain and proud and we have all these things that make us human. Um no, absolutely, absolutely. You make a really good point. Um, and I think I do you know what I this is so on brand for me, and I say it so often, but <laughs> really is all about balance isn't it mm-hmm. like this this middle ground is is my comfort zone but it's it's also great um but yeah because I think you know when Christians become vain in and and prideful within being saved mm-hmm. that is when hurt happens for people yeah. either kind of on the edge of church or outside the church um so many examples that it's not even worth going into right now because we don't have long enough mm-hmm. um but people get hurt by the church and by christians so often because we are 
prideful in this kind of status of being saved um when actually that should humble us Mm. massively because like you know actually we didn't do anything to be saved jesus did all of that on the cross Mm. like you know think about it like you you didn't get here by your achievements you didn't do anything to Mm. earn salvation that's literally the message of of the gospels and of, of everything paul says like faith not works um yes essentially um because actually you know it's there's nothing that we can do um to earn salvation or to lose it Um, and yeah to kind of go on to jump on your bandwagon of balance is there and we were saying earlier there is almost there is a place for those affirmations of self when you're struggling with your worth like I've definitely struggled I've like I've believed Satan when he tells you you're not good enough because that's Satan um and the world is always telling um people that their bodies aren't good enough or that if you know you might struggle thinking that you're stupid or that your intellect or your abilities are awful um you might be in a place of real doubt of who you are and what you are um so there is a place for those phrases like I am fearfully and wonderfully made um I am enough through God through Christ I can do all things through Christ um who strengthens me there the Bible is a fantastic book of encouragement and affirmation that you can say over yourself and what I love is there's um that the verse I just quoted from Psalms 139 I'm fearfully and wonderfully made before that goes I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made so it has to go hand in hand with going actually I I I praise it's not vanity if it's if it's praise to God you go oh I'm really good at this praise God for that because that gift isn't mine it's his that he's given me and so I think that's how we hijack that so we don't can't become a um a tearing each other down or tearing oneself down because humility isn't going oh I'm horrible I'm a rubbish person I'm bad at this and I'm bad at that absolutely I think it is really all about reshifting that focus again like we were saying earlier shifting the focus back onto God and something that you just kind of reminded me of actually is when we when we pray as a worship team before the service worship team is is the most kind of performance oriented kind of uh, area of service in the church mm-hmm. um and therefore it can actually be really hard being part of the worship team and not growing your ego massively yeah, yeah. because well-meaning members of the congregation will come up to you and say you're amazing you've got a beautiful voice you're so talented and all of this mm-hmm. which is lovely and that's lovely that they want to encourage mm-hmm. but the ego just goes <sighs> inflates hugely as a worship team we find it really helpful before the service to pray things like you know father god we want to honor you with the gifts that you've given us and i think referring it referring to your talents as gifts actually it makes you remember that this is not something that you've given something that you've got in yourself this is something that god has given you yeah. so that you can serve him better um and and i think that goes for that goes for any talent whatever context you're in actually everything that is inside you all of your abilities are god-given because he crafted you yeah Um, like the same psalm that tanya just quoted psalm 139 says you knit me together in my mother's womb Mm -hmm. like 
God knows every single bit of you, and he put talents inside you, even if you think you're talentless, mm-hmm. by the way, um, which a lot of people think they are. Even if you've worked really hard at learning an instrument and things like that, or training your voice or what have you, yeah. or, um, or studied really hard to do a sermon or, or whatever, that's still something that God has um, gifted you in that yeah. particular area. That's just called good stewardship of mm. gift, if you're working hard. That's good stewardship. So like, yeah, well done for that. But also it's all from God. You wouldn't mm. have it without God. And yeah. so I think, yeah, like it, in prayer particularly, I think it's really like, you know, you don't need to spend hours choosing the words that you're going to pray, but actually choosing the words that you pray with and the way that you think about it and help others to think about it if you're praying in groups as well. Yeah. Um, and you know praying praying things like you know lord let us glorify you yeah in in whatever we do i think we can implement that individually in our prayer lives as well is going because obviously we do pray and we are always going to pray about things that um to god about our lives but i think we can we can make sure that not all of our prayer is dedicated to that or that we we are really intentionally praying about other people and trying to bless other people with our prayers and and remember the the those who are struggling and the bigger world things and you know there doesn't have to be a pattern and of course you're going to pray for the things that you that happen in your life particularly if you're struggling of course you are um but it doesn't mean you can't pray for others as well and and try to still go even within that prayer if if all all you can manage is praying for yourself that day you, you can also spend the beginning of that prayer I think it's important it's the beginning and the end of going God, I glorify you. I'm so grateful for everything you've done. For my thank you for all the blessings that I have, even if you think you don't have any at the moment and life's not going your way. That shift of focus onto him, the beginning and the end of your prayer, means that that you're sort of guarding it and bookending it with with um glory and praise to God. That means that that vanity doesn't have a have a foothold. Because it can grow so easily as well, can't it? Like yeah, sneaky. So yeah, I think when we take criticism as well if you take criticism you have to go uh, is the reason I'm having in a reaction to it is that vanity or is it because this is not right criticism it's a, always a good thing to check in with because I often go oh I'm so offended of course I never did anything wrong and I go actually yeah yeah no you're right I was like that when I was at school as well with um, drama because I had so much pride in my abilities as an actor um and at school I was the best I was the best um in a small pond and then when I went to drama school I was like I'm not the best what um (laughs) and um whenever I got criticism or notes from a director I would be like oh of course no, no I did it right I didn't and I would be like indignant and I would go home and I would rant to my mother. This is when I was at school. I would rant to my mother and be like, oh, I can't believe they said this about me. But then I'd go away and I'd come back the next rehearsal or the next drama class or whatever. And I'd have taken that advice on board and I would have changed it. But that indignant response is a very human and fleshly response. It doesn't mean that it has to be your permanent state of mind. Mm. Because we are all human. We can go away, think about it, come back, go uh, pray about it. That's the, the holy bit. And then come back and and swallow your pride. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you mean. It's, it's like such a stab when you're like, okay, I'm just going to go over here and cry. <laughs> but you know what? I think sometimes God laughs at us at those moments because he's going, I'm giving you this. This is a gift, honeys. Because honeys, because that's how he talks. Hey, this is a gift for you girls, boys, honeys. Um <laughs> I think he just because I feel like he's just like, well, here, this is to keep you grounded. 
there are moments when that, and those are the moments you got to remember, you know, when you get a bit big for your boots, your ego's a bit big. Remember, I have to do that as well. Cause when I suddenly, when I get a flurry of work coming in and like, I'm getting yes and yes. Cause you get, sometimes you get, and they're amazing and I love them and please God provide me with them. Um, <laughs> like a load of yeses at once people are wanting you for this job this job this job and you're like I'm amazing I am the best <laughs> actor that ever existed I'm brilliant I'm always going to get yeses from now on every time and then you have a thousand no's <laughs> and you think I'm the worst actor that ever lived. <laughs> why am I doing this job this is literally my brain by the way everyone um but that's oh, got like your subconscious <laughs> yeah literally um that God is, you know, he, these things are also there to help us not become too arrogant. And and you can also use the the time when you got yeses to remind you that you are good enough and the time when you got no's to remind you that you're not the best thing that happened to this industry and vice versa. So God is good either way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think he does have a sense of humour. Yeah. Well. Um, and, and sort of has to remind us sometimes to have a sense of humour. I have so many occasions where I'm like walking down the road and you know when you're like in the mood and you're just like strutting a little bit and then like I uh, I have these these brown heeled boots, they're not particularly high heels but like it, particularly when I'm wearing them I feel pretty good but then like if I'm, it, almost every time if I'm in them and I'm strutting I will literally just kind of just go over my ankle <laughs> just on a minute and just be like okay that was not attractive um, <laughs> everyone just saw that and now I can't continue to strut sorry uh, um, <laughs> that's funny I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I did want I do want to talk about um the appearance part of vanity mm-hmm. because I do think it's not exclusive to women it's also there for guys do not get me wrong but it is huge for women your beauty and your worth a lot of your worth is tied into how beautiful you are that's a really it can be such a thing that becomes an idol really easily big time you know you're told that you're supposed to look a certain way Hmm. and and be a certain way um to be attractive to men yes but but also that once you pass a certain age that it's it's game over really it's like oh don't bother if you're like past 40 whatever yeah and I noticed that that they get called trying too hard if they really are putting a lot of effort into their appearance and you know it's one of those that it's really I find it really difficult to switch off yeah because again like you know this is the time in our lives where we're told that we're supposed to be the most beautiful you sort of mentioned earlier I think there's a lot of pressure when you're a single person in your kind of 20s 30s or whatever if if you're single in general there's a pressure to look good because there's an association and a link with looking good and attracting a mate yeah for real and so you can become, and I definitely have in the past, especially if I know a guy I like is going somewhere and I'm going to meet him there, I'm like, I must look perfect. And I put so much worth in it. And and like this, in many ways, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to look good for somebody, like that, we're not condemning that. In fact, we're not condemning wearing nice clothes and we're not condemning putting makeup on because if I did, I would be the biggest hypocrite ever because I love wearing wacky fashion stuff because I love it expressing my kind of creative side through the wacky stuff I wear I'm not I'm just wearing a normal jumper today but I bought this really no it's not important I don't know what I'm talking about but um but that there's nothing wrong with that and it doesn't you're not self-obsessed you're just that's art and fashion is also art and 
makeup artists are incredible the way that they can just transform people's faces and it, it can be an expression of art it's about the mindset is how obsessively are you you have to i can't leave the house without a face of makeup that's when you've got a problem um if you're fearful of taking your makeup off like i remember um you know the first time you take a makeup off in front of a boyfriend like thinking oh gosh are they gonna hate me i'm gonna look awful they don't. They don't even notice. They don't care. You're still the same person. Like it's fine. You make a great point. It's do you do you genuinely believe that in order for you to be found attractive, that you need those things as well? So there's a couple of elements there. Are you obsessed with it? That's kind of vanity, and you have to look good, and you have to be. But also, there's an element and a danger within the date dating realms, the singleness realms of going. If I don't look if I don't spend all my time making myself look beautiful, I won't attract anybody. Lies, isn't it? Lies. But we feed the lie. And we even do it within the church. Um, we feed the lie by going, we say, we even say it to people. I've heard people say it to single people before and it makes me so angry. Well, why don't you do this? And then maybe someone, then you'll have a a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever why don't you um put in a little bit more effort into your appearance why don't you lose a bit of weight why don't you know all of those things which actually are reinforcing vanity rather than authenticity because the bible literally says um and i'll get the verb i think it's proverbs yeah proverbs 31 30 charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised um I think that says it all. Just drop the microphone with that verse. <laughs> yeah. So what do you need to add to what the Bible literally says? Nothing. Yeah. I find myself going, my immediate response, if somebody doesn't want to go out with me or dumps me or what have you, or if I'm struggling with singleness, is I'm not pretty enough. I'm too fat. I don't look good enough. Which is such a toxic thing. Like how, like, how do you start to make that not your immediate response? Um, to be honest, I don't know because I don't have it sorted either. That's always my response to. I'm like, it, oh, it's because of the way I look. I don't look good mm -hmm. enough. But in terms of how we do kind of try and stop that, um, it's it's almost telling yourself truths so that yeah. you then believe them later. I think. Yeah. Like actually, the truth is. Maybe you're just not right for each other, and that's okay. And and also th see it as a blessing, because if and if 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 anyone's listening and somebody has in the rejection of you, indicated in some way to you that it is to do with that, or I'm just not attracted to you, because that that phrase, although <clears throat> may very well be true and completely legitimate, because you do have to be attracted to somebody, and you want your partner to be attracted to you. If that has been said to you, perhaps be grateful that that person is only seeing beauty and therefore has and has rejected you because you don't want to be with somebody who's just seeing beauty as the only factor here mm. if they go if they are valuing beauty and charm over over your you fearing the lord as said in in proverbs then you don't want to be with them anyway because they've got their priorities wrong and that's a good consolation but also, I wanted to have a question for you, actually, Amelia. Um, do you think when you're when you fancy somebody or you're thinking about maybe dating someone, 
do you think you're a bit ever guilty of being vain? I don't know how to phrase this with looking too much at the looks area. All the time. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you would say no. <laughs> oh, no, I really am. I really am. I'm so bad. And so when I talk to that person, because I it because I want them to be reacting like this, a lot of the time, I think, in in for want of a better phrase, that they only have eyes for me. Like, I'm, I've gotten a lot better at being realistic um, and, and not kind of bringing myself into that illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of times when it's easy to just assume um, that, well, you know, I am great and actually I do look good and therefore they must feel the same way about me because how could they not? Mm. Um, and then it's actually, if you find out, for example, that they like someone else, it brings that crashing down and it's mm-hmm. so hard to deal with because I've built myself up yeah. to such a level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what about you? The, the Yeah, I'm guilty of, of look when looking for a uh, someone to date, a romantic partner, I'm sometimes guilty of being too like interested in the appearance. I've noticed I've got better as I've got older. So I've got, less hung up on what people look like because of course yeah when you want to date somebody you do need to be attracted to them that is a level but you can I've noticed you can get more attracted to somebody the more you get to know them and I've never fallen in love with somebody through what they look like like no one has in my opinion unless they are really strange um (laughs) I thought you were gonna say unless they're you then (laughs) Yeah. No, but you don't. No, not even no. Amelia. You wouldn't. You wouldn't fall in love with somebody just because what they look like. You might have a crush. You might think that they're really attractive, but you don't fall in love with somebody because of what they look like. You fall in love with them and who they are, and how you get on as a as a couple or f- friends or whatever or however you, your relationship status is, um, and that's how you fall in love. So I think you learn that as you go through life. You learn that that I perhaps need to be less obsessed with appearance and and understand that there's more important things there but it is something you do have to remind yourself and I have done recently with sort of in dating of going actually I'm gonna see past that and I think it's hard on dating apps as well um if anybody uses them because you're just confronted with the image and it really exasperates your vanity um, so I think that there is a danger with that. And it's it's important as Christians that we don't date like the rest of the world and we aren't obsessed with looks. And we do understand that their faith is the most important thing because that's the thing that's going to keep them, if they're in love with Jesus first, then, then that's the thing that will sustain throughout marriage because it's in faith that we learn how to to put the other person first. It's in faith that we learn to, to love. It's in faith that we learn to be patient because flipping heck, marriage is mainly about patience and love obviously but it is a lot of patience because people are ignorant. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I, I love what you're saying like mm. it's it's so true because actually like like the verse was saying it's like beauty and charm are yeah. deceptive they're fleeting um because actually you know if, if your relationship is based off beauty charm looks mm. um even even personality sometimes like if that collapses or changes then so does the relationship like if your relationship is not built on like you know pursuing Jesus together 
and and you know biblical principles actually that it's going nowhere yeah right? because even you know even if it is 10 20 years down the line there is still an end point to mm. to all of that um because people change people change physically people change sometimes change a lot in terms of personality and character but it's something i wanted to to ask about before we yeah finish um false humility oh. um it's false humility is in I'm, you may disagree with me in my opinion can be extremely vain mm, yeah can you give me an example i think like excessive self-deprecation often can be so vain when people are like oh my gosh i'm literally the worst um like i'm i'm such a mess like my character is awful mm-hmm. and like you, you do get people who talk about this excessively um, yeah. I, I knew someone at uni actually who was the most self-deprecating person i've ever met um and and i just i'm just like what why um but then it's it's this i think it's actually rooted in the same place as vanity in mm. in that insecurity that we were talking about earlier yeah um it's it might be coming out differently but actually it's still what it's still doing is it's still really gearing everybody's attention toward you yes and the focus is still on you mm-hmm. um and it's it's like this attention seeking yeah thing and um like i i actually find it with people who apologize excessively as well sometimes they're like oh my goodness I'm so sorry I'm I'm late you must have been like waiting and worrying and and all of this um and mm. like some sometimes my response in my head not that I say this to them was actually I wasn't really thinking about you that much to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like do you know true, what I mean like true. it sounds awful I do know what you mean and I tell you what the word that springs to mind about it because I find it very irritating because it's actually manipulative it's going, I know if I apologize enough here and do it in a way that will make you feel bad, I will end up not just with attention, but will end up making myself seem better and you seem worse. Um, and because vanity, as we've talked about before, is, is 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 linked with that superiority. It's about putting people down or bringing yourself up above people. That's what it is. So it's when people are going, oh, I'm so, I'm just so bad at this they, because they want you to say oh no you're not you're really really good at this and you want them to to build up such an affirmation of such a way or it's a, it's a way to conflict avoid as well oh you think I'm an awful person I'm an awful I am an awful person I'm dreadful and it's it's really hard and I have very little patience for these people I'm just like get over it um and I really need to grow in patience so <laughs> um it's a it's a cultural thing isn't it because it's, it's, um I know the right thing to do is to say it's fine if you're apologizing lots and to be, oh, don't feel bad. It's fine. I know the right thing to do is if somebody says, oh, I, I look awful and go on and they go on about it is to build them up and do the opposite. Um, and it, I guess it's discerning from the spirit when's the right time to do that to somebody. If you've got somebody going, oh, but I look so awful and I'm so fat and I'm so, and go on about it. And every time you see them, it's like that. It's about discerning where, when's the right time to go and affirm and when's the right time to change the topic of conversation yeah for sure and I, the difficulty I think is it's difficult not to monocoddle them mm-hmm. and just be like no no it's fine it's fine oh but you're not you're not you know you're not ugly like all of this and like mm-hmm. but actually it's it's spotting like you say like using the holy spirit to discern 
actually what is the appropriate response here I mean a lot of the time I often just part of me not that I ever have done this and never will um but really just wants to go yes you are awful aren't you (laughs) aren't you the worst yeah you said it first let's go yeah Um, (laughs) let's move on never will never will say that to anybody because that's awful I actually think probably a really good way to do it and I don't do it I just think it's probably a good idea um is to go and like just point back to God because like you say it it is a kind of vanity because it's trying to get as much attention as possible I think as a Christian you can go well shall we shall we have a pray shall we have a read of the Bible like should we point it back to God you know oh I'm so awful I'm so well change it a little bit and go well God says you're this absolutely rather than go oh poor you life's so hard for you well actually god says that you are fearfully and wonderful made so you need not be fearful of not being and you can be blunt and you can be you can be blunt but truthful with that because you're still encouraging and it's still a biblical affirmation and it's true but you're not molly coddling and you're not meeting them in a place of manipulation yeah so true and i and i think the great thing is that you know that you are never you're never out of place with biblical affirmation yeah um, because actually what biblical affirmation does is it affirms who we are in Jesus and it affirms that we are fearfully and wonderfully made yeah and and you know each one of us is a miracle created by God um but actually what it doesn't do is say to what you are amazing you are so talented you are so gifted you are so gorgeous it doesn't do that it's not like a it doesn't build you up to the point where you should be vain um, but the more that we affirm these biblical truths and speak them over ourselves and others, the more we're going to get a biblical point of view on who we are. Like That's where the balance is going to come. This week, we are recommending to you conversational icebreakers. Tanya, what is your recommendation for the people? Death comes to us all. <laughs> It's relatable. It's factually correct. It it creates a group of people who you know you're going to get on with immediately. If they laugh, you know they're your people. If they think you're weird and or they upset in any way by your comment, then you know they're not for you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I can't come up with anything better than that. So, So, I mean... Given that this podcast is about vanity, maybe don't talk about yourself. Tempting, tempting as it is. Um, I would normally go, hi, my name's Tanya and this is my life. Um, but I'm going to say not that. And I'm going to say, I don't know, something wacky. If you had a squirrel, what would you name it? I enjoy that so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's your icebreaker, babes? Um, my recommendation. Um, I mean, my... it's. <sighs> I said this earlier and it's so shamefully on brand um, for me, but my my go-to icebreaker is, oh, if you could travel anywhere right now, money and time being no object, where would you go and why? Um, which, is, which is great because I think you can learn quite a lot about people from their response. Yeah. There's also always the classic kind of Christian union introducing a speaker. If you're a biscuit, what would you be? I mean, those ones are always quite fun, but it kind of depends on the circle, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you're at like an, a business event, I'd I'd say maybe don't go with death comes to us all. <laughs> maybe go for who are you and tell me about your yourself or maybe go 
Um, oh, with women, a great conversation is like, although we're talking about vanity today, probably this isn't the best um, recommendation, but I find with women generally like compliment something they're wearing or if they're, obviously if it's true, if you don't actually think it, if they've got awful hair and you go, oh, your hair looks beautiful today, don't do that because you're just being fake. And Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, I made some several friends in Aldi the other day. Um, I didn't normally shop in Aldi. It was a new experience for me. I'm too middle class. <laughs> um, <laughs> just about to say you were so middle class. <laughs> I'm in little like every week. <laughs> if you saw where I lived in London, you'd think, no, she's not middle class. It's back in London, East London. Um, <laughs> but no, I was in I was in Aldi, um, and I just I made three friends who complimented me on my boots alone, and then we started talking about different kind of clothes, and then it went into your favorite shopping middle aisle purchase actually that's a really good one i changed my answer. Really what is your favorite purchase from the middle aisle of aldi or lidl that is a really good one I and think. then you'll know if two people yeah. are too classy for you and have never been there <laughs> yes smashing it out what's your favorite middle aisle purchase and if you had a squirrel what would you name it Thank you all so much for listening to Coffee Catch-Ups. We will catch you next time. Bye!